the 22nd Psalm. And it's chapter 1, uh, the 20, I'm sorry, the 22nd Psalm, verse 1. It says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me from the words of my roaring? Oh, my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not. And in my night season, and am not silent, I'm still crying at night. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in thee. They trusted. And thou didst, thou didst deliver them. They cried unto thee and were delivered. They trusted in thee and were not confounded. If you flip over to the book of Mark, chapter 15, verse 34, and I'm pretty certain after your reading today, you can mark off your bread Bible reading program for Sunday because we're going to dive into the word of God. 15, verse 34, it says, And in, at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sapatakani, which is being interpreted, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? me. It is believed that the Lord right there on the cross was reaching back to the times when this psalmist, the psalmist David, said the very exact thing, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And some of them that stood by when they heard it said, behold, he calleth Elias. He's calling a prophet. And one ran and filled a sponge full of vinegar and they put it on a reed and gave him to drink. John chapter 19, verse 30, and I will read this for you. It says, and when Jesus, same time, same place. And when Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Would you put your Bible down? Would you pray with me that God would anoint my lips to speak and your ears to hear what the Lord has given me today for you, and that is, it is finished. Would you pray with me? Jesus, thank you for this great day with your people, Lord. I pray that you would let your word speak life into the things that are dead and need resurrection, God. I pray that you would use me, anoint me, God, and let my words, Jesus, be the words that you give me for your people. In Jesus' name, we pray we realize that through you and through the cross, it is finished in the name of Jesus. If you believe that already, and I haven't even begun to dig into my notes, if you believe those words, it is finished. Would you give God praise in advance for what he's going to do in the house today? Jesus, I thank you. I thank you, God. I appreciate you. You may be seated. Amen. It's such a crazy time that we live in. It's a time that we are constantly looking at the newspaper. We're constantly looking at the news reports. In fact, last night as I was at a wedding, I was disrupted and distracted by a news report that was being given at around 6.30 p.m. Pacific time, a trial that has shocked the nation and has divided people that at once were no longer divided but has become divided through the spiral uh, downturn of the media and things that are being thrown out, and, and it's just caused a time of uncertainty. We live in a place, and even today, I was, I was looking at the, the news headlines, and, and last night they were consistent that we have high-ranking government officials that are resigning their posts because they may have done something wrong that they might get called out on. And you see that things are changing in the city that I used to live in. We've always had a history, a history of great government leaders that did their best, at least, to lead the government. And we're looking at a mayor that... That, that did everything that he could to get to that office and now uh, through his life that is being uh, put on display is being asked to resign. We live in a shaky place and in a shaky time. We don't have faith in the economy. We don't even have faith in the direct deposit payroll check that we think we're going to get, but we always have
have to check it because I don't have faith that maybe my boss didn't make the payment this time. I don't have faith in the economy. I don't have faith in the government because I've been let down a few times. I've even been let down by some friends and some family members. You wouldn't believe the promises and the things that my dad still owes me. I've been let down a few times, and I know that I live in a place, and I'm standing in a place, and I look around that there are people in this house under the sound of my voice that have been let down by either someone you love and know personally or by people that indirectly have a relationship with you. We have been let down, and I don't blame politics for the faith that we're in right now and that we have. And I don't blame the lack of money as much as we want to blame those people and blame that situation. I blame, are you ready for this? I blame the individual beliefs that we each have in our God. The fact that we can just go through emotion and, and recite words to a song that have much more meaning than just being put on a screen and giving you the opportunity to recite what we are singing. But when we sing a song such as, how great is our God, it is a question to you, how great is your God in the situation that you are in? Is he greater than that thing? It is your own individual belief, amen. It's your own individual belief that allows you to step out of those thought processes and say, you know what, whatever happens in this world, come hell or high water or things that are uncomfortable to me, I know that I serve a God that can allow me to be catapulted from this situation and into his safety. Because in his dwelling, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it, and they are saved. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Those that believe in him and abide under the shadow of the Almighty will receive the comfort, amen, that they could not receive elsewhere. But to fully believe the saving name of Jesus, we must be able to forgive ourselves and relinquish our past and simply move on. Because we can accept the forgiveness of Jesus. Jesus has forgiven us when we repent of our sins and repent of our walk and repent of our things. We will have that opportunity to do that before we close our time together today. And when you truly ask God to cleanse you and to help you repent from those things, he will forgive you. But you must walk out with the assurity in your mind and in your heart that that Jesus has forgiven you. And that's why you can say, I have uh, the, the confidence that on Wednesday, when I'm, things are getting a little bit shaky, I can still say, Lord, you have forgiven me. And I must move on the things that are trying to keep me bound. For far too long, people have felt and lived guilty and they've lived in that place and in shame. And the vice of the enemy, has he has no other power other than the ability to whisper something in your heart and to possibly awaken something, a skeleton in your closet and allow you to dig back and have those thoughts of failure and thoughts of giving up and thoughts that you are not good enough and thoughts that the blood of Jesus is okay for some but it's not okay for you but you must re realize that the blood of Jesus amen wipes away every single transgression that we have upon our lives and that's why the people of God applied the blood on the doorpost and that was the very first Passover the Lord says because they have the blood on their doorpost
doorpost. I'm going to pass over them, and they now will not face the anguish of this world and in this life. And you better believe that the blood of Jesus Christ, and I know it's not politically correct to talk about blood, but I'm talking about the blood that was shed on Calvary for you and I. He didn't leave this earth in any other way but by dying on a cross and letting his blood shed for you and I so that you and I can have a life and that more abundantly and say, Lord, my sin may be deep and dark, but the blood of Jesus, hallelujah, the blood of Jesus, it reaches to the highest mountains and it flows through, through the lowest valleys and it's the blood that gives me strength from day to day and it will never, ever, ever lose its power. It had power back then and you better believe it has power right now. The blood of Jesus is upon us and there is nothing that can withstand what God wants to do in our lives. Hallelujah. He will try the enemy of your soul and of your Life will try to do things for you, to you that will set you back. But what the devil means for evil, the Lord will do for good. Joseph thrown in a pit. Oh, man, I'm thrown in a pit. I'm the child of someone who is a high reigning person in a tribe of your people. And I'm thrown in a pit. And they were thrown through the deceits and the, the, the lies and the, the jealousy of, their, of his brothers. But little did Joseph know that what the devil meant for evil, the Lord used it for good. And that's why you can say, in my sit. Situation, no matter how it is, or no matter how lonely or dark or damp it may get, the Lord is going to use that situation, amen, for the good and for the testimony, hallelujah, of your life. Because we are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. You want to overcome? You better testify about the goodness of Jesus. You want to overcome? You better apply. Apply the blood on your life and testify about God's grace. I used to be a drunkard. I used to be an addict. But guess what? God has changed my life. I'm an overcomer. You know what? God has changed me. You know what? God has saved me. And I'm an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and by the word of my testimony. Are you waiting to overcome? Are you waiting to overcome? Then it's time for you to testify to testify, to testify about the goodness of Jesus. I'm looking at a bunch of overcomers right now, and I want you to pause and take a few minutes to testify about how God has been good to you because some of us don't belong here. Some of us can't even, are not worthy to stand here, but God, who is rich in mercy, allows us to overcome and to testify of his goodness. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Hallelujah. Some of you guys have forgotten what it's like to testify. Some of you have forgotten what it's like to share what God is doing in your life. Before Back in the day, I'm not that old, but I, I kind of feel like I'm old because I always talk about back in the day. We used to have testimony service. And little old grandma couldn't even pick up her own Bible, but she would muster up all the strength that she had on that Sunday morning. And she would grasp the handle of her cane. And she would get up and say, I thank Jesus for giving me another day and another opportunity to be in his presence. 
I am young, I've been young, and now I am old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. I've lived a life where God has stood the test of time. And I'm here to tell you that in all of that, Jesus Christ uttered these three words. It is finished. You no longer have to deal with that doubt and sin. You no longer have to deal with that anguish and that disappointment because through the blood, amen, and through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, you can look at your sickness. You can look at your setback. You can look at your doubt. You can look at your obstacle and say, devil, I'm going to tell you a little something Jesus told us. It is finished. I want you to look at your situation right now and say, it is finished. It is finished. All things are passed away and behold, all new things have become new. It is finished. It is finished, God. It is finished, oh Lord. Hallelujah. When that happened, the agony of humanity ended with the shedding of his blood. It was all finished with that. What did he truly mean? It is finished. Sin was finished. Guilt was finished. Hatred was finished. Deceit was finished. Every sin was finished with the act of Calvary. Because through that thing that he did for you and I, he has given us the power to rise up as he did and resurrected from the grave. Because death no longer had the power on him. And the grave no longer had the power to withhold him. And that's why it's simply told to us through an example. A man in his grave, Lazarus, they're having a funeral. A celebration of life or a time to mourn. Don't know exactly what was on the order of service for that day. But I do know there was a dead man in a grave. And there were some weeping individuals that were mourning the loss of their family member. And the loss of their friend. The loss of someone who was very dear and near to their hearts. But then Jesus stepped in. And he said, why don't you roll the stones away? Lazarus, come forth. The people stood and said, wow, here comes this man from Galilee. The Nazarene named Jesus, who says these words, Lazarus, come forth. And then they begin to see something moving in the shadows of that grave. They begin to hear the crispy uh, crackles of the dirt that were being stepped on by this man. And the Bible says that Lazarus came out of that grave. And not only did he come out, and that wasn't the last thing Jesus said for them to do to him. They said, take off those grave clothes and give him some clothes that he ought to be wearing. What that tells me in my simple mind that I have is that when Jesus resurrects your life from the grave, it's not enough just to step out of the tomb, but he wants to robe you with his righteousness. And he wants you to say, I'm not going to wear that shirt. I'm not going to wear that stuff anymore because that's what you call grave clothes. I'm not a dead person, but rather alive through Christ. And that's why I can say, I'm going to wear the name of Jesus. And that's why you can say, you know what? You know what? The things that are stopping me and withholding me and holding me captive, it is finished. Hallelujah. People back then didn't have the opportunity as you have today. You see, the book of Ephesians tells us that he did something that day when he died and said those words and 
uh, took a last breath of life here, he, he put his head on. The Bible says that the, the veil was rent. What does that mean? The, the veil was torn. What does that mean? Something was torn. When you tear something, that means it's no longer used for the purpose that was intended. Now, I would tear this bulletin, but they cost a lot of money. But if that was just simply something else, I would demonstrate the tearing. Because back then, the people of God could only go to the Holy of Holies. And they can only see the high priest through the veil. They had to have a rite of passage so to speak, to get into that place. But they had rules and guidelines that they needed to follow to help them get to that place. And Jesus, through his death, amen, on that cross says, you know what? I'm done with that method that we've been using because my message and my love, hallelujah, is to every creature and to every nation. And that veil is now torn and you don't have to go through the ceremonial processes to get to the high priest. And the Bible says that Jesus Christ is our high priest. And you can say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for making a way for this broke down sinner to come in to your presence and to say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, heal me. Lord, cleanse me. The veil has been torn to give you access, access and to say sin, disease, anguish, and turmoil. It is finished. It is finished. And if you can realize that today, you can realize that there's nothing that's going to stop what God wants to do in our city, in our church, in your home, and in your life. And you ought to make up your mind that it is finished. The things of the past no longer have a way on me. The things that I used to do no longer have a weight on me. But Lord, through your blood and through the access you give me, it is finished. Hallelujah. God, God, it's finished, Jesus. 2,000 years later, things haven't changed. They're still going through junk and people are still having mess ups and failures and things. But we come to a place where we run, run to the presence of God, to his house. I've never been so consumed about his house than I have been as of late because the Bible tells us that the psalmist said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper at his house than in the front center of anywhere else. I'd rather just be in the presence of God. Hallelujah. I'd rather just spend, hallelujah, one day in your house because one day in your presence is better than a thousand days elsewhere. If you want to dabble in sin, go ahead. You want to do that, it's your choice. But you'll come back and say, all of that time, all of those moments, all of those years I've lost, God, I'm in your presence, and you can watch God give you back the things that you have lost. And you can say, Lord, I've become someone, Lord, that went out and disobeyed your command and I didn't, I became defeated by this thing. But God, I've come back to your presence and you've made the things that were wrong, you've turned them right. But you don't have to go out and try that out. Just take my word for it. Why don't you decide today that no matter what comes your way, you may be at the edge of your sin, the edge of your breakdown, the edge of your situation. But I'm here to encourage you in the Lord to say, God, I'm not going to go that way, but I'm going to let you rescue me and protect me because I don't want to enjoy a 
season of sin. I don't want to trade that for anything else because I must believe what your word says and your word tells me it is finished. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Do you believe that it is finished? God is finished. Jesus is finished. But you don't understand, I've been in church my entire life. But I feel so far away from everything and everyone. I couldn't relate to that first passage of scripture you read. My God, why has thou forsaken me. I can relate to that. I feel so alone. I feel trapped. I try to worship. I'm led to worship. But I can still feel the chains on my wrist and the chains dangling against each other. Because I become trapped and consumed by that thing. And then Jesus, fast forward, he says the very same thing. And that is to remind us that humanly, we will have those thoughts. Humanly, things will come against us and keep us cornered and trapped. Humanly, it's not avoidable. You can't run away from it. It will be there. You will find those moments where you feel like just giving up. But Jesus, a few minutes later, the Bible says that he began, hallelujah, to pray, and he finished the work that he came on this earth to do. And even in the midst of his feeling of being forsaken, he overcame. And he said, Lord, I surrender my will to yours. And I can leave this mission knowing, God, it is finished. It is finished. It is finished. In my turmoil, it is finished. Hallelujah. I must realize that Jesus takes us to a place, hallelujah, of true worship. And in that place, it's so neat that the psalmist David said these things and I want our musicians to come forward uh, the psalmist David said these things do you know that we sing a lot of David's songs we recite a lot of his poetry and books David had a lot of faults in his life but David had one key character trait that allowed him to overcome the act of murder, the act of lying, the act of adultery, adultery, the act of doing against what God had commanded him to do. Those things are wrong and they are bad. But the one that we hail the king in Israel the most, King David, was the one who had failed the most. And you realize that the one who had failed the most was the one that allowed God to use him and allowed God to position him to be an overcomer when others said nothing can become of that man. But he said, Lord, I may have chains on me. God, I may have shackles upon me, but I'm asking you right now to break these shackles right now. Break these chains of doubt. Break these chains of fear. Break these chains of sin. Because yes, I've messed up. Yes, I've done some things that I'm not proud of. But Lord, I want to be a true worshiper. Oh, worshiper in spirit and in truth. It's not enough just to sing the song and raise your hand and run around and say that's worship. No, your life must give worship on Monday and on Tuesday and on Wednesday and on Thursday and on Friday and on Saturday and at Starbucks and at work, at the gym, at the store. Your life must give worship to God. And you know what is worship to God? Is a faith beyond measure. A faith.
faith to know that in this trial and in this situation, Lord, I have faith that you are going to see me through it. And that's why you can see and hear the words of the psalmist David. And he says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And at that moment when he said, O Lord, O Lord, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The Bible tells us, Psalms 22, Psalm, we read that the very next chapter. I'm going to read you a little portion of scripture. Just bear with me. Because I want to read it the way he penned it. The way that he intended it to be. Because before your breakthrough in God, you must remind yourself that God did a work for you that is immeasurable, incomprehensible, cannot be explained through matter or money or means, but he did something for you on that day on Calvary. At that hour when he laid his head down and breathed his last breath, he said, it is finished. He did something for you and he gave it to you, but he wanted you to grasp it and to realize that it is finished. Those things are gone. They have been evaporated by the blood of Jesus. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Psalm 22. Uh, oh God, my cry in the daytime. I'm crying in the day. I'm crying at night. And But you are holy. Thou inhabits the praises of his people. But then he begins to testify about the goodness of God. And when you begin to testify, you begin to remember the goodness of God. It's like remembering the good old days. Remembering when you used to fit in that outfit. Remember? And you're remembering when you used to do those things and you're like, I remember that time with my family, my kids. And, and I'm remembering those times when I held my son for the very first time and he didn't talk back. And, and, and those were good things. And I remember those things. And you begin to get some excitement and you look at your current situation when the things are going wrong and there's not enough money in the bank. And I'm talking about a real situation. And when your grandmother dies prematurely of cancer and you don't know why, she's all you've got. And then you say, God, why is this happening? Then you remember the goodness of Jesus. You remember where he's brought you from. You remember how you are here and where he brought you from and how you got here. And you begin to remember the testimonies of your fathers and your grandmothers and your aunts and your uncles. And then it comes closer to home. And I remember what God has done for me. At a camp at age 11, he filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And on Father's Day, on June 14th, 1994, I was water baptized in the name of Jesus in 2000. My son was premature and not given hope, but he was healed in the name of Jesus. 2013, my son came eight weeks early, told to worry about the most, but we believed in God and he healed him. And you look at my son and he's the fattest baby in this church. And I know that there's a God that is here on my side, but if he did it for me, he can do it for you. He can do it for all of us, but you must recall what God has done in your life. And Psalms 23 says this, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Hallelujah. Come on, you got to let that sink in. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul and he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil and my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. This is where you must believe the word of God. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. 
forever. You want mercy and goodness to follow after you. The only prayer that you should be praying, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I stand in your presence. And in that moment, God allows every chain to be broken. He allows everything to be eradicated. We saw it in Paul and Silas as they worshiped their way out of prison. I don't see prison garb on anybody right now, but I'm wondering who in this house, it could be all of us that are prisoner to something that is holding us back from giving God our all. It's time to come before the Lord and say, God, I lift up my hands. I lift up holy hands, standing not ashamed, knowing, God, that these chains that I once carried, God, these things that I once bore, they're no longer upon me because you have given me through the power of the Holy Ghost to break out of those chains and to let your name do a work in the name of Jesus. If you want to give your life to God, you can do it today. You must repent of your sin. You must confess to Jesus that he is your savior. And you must ask him, ask him to fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And you can even take it a step further. You can be born again in water baptism in Jesus' name. I'm here to sound the alarm that it is finished. I wonder who is going to be the first to say, I claim it. I believe it. It is finished. Would we flood this altar before God and say, Jesus, I trust your word. I trust what you have spoken. I trust that it is finished. I trust that you have given me a word for such a time as this. And there is nothing, nothing, nothing that can hold me back. It is finished. Do we have just one? We have a couple more. Come on. Hallelujah. Do we have a few more that have faith that it is finished? Do we have some more that say, you know what? God, I want you to change me, move in me, restore me, fill me. God, do a work in me. It is finished. It is finished. It is finished. It's a proclamation from your mouth before you ascended to the heavens. It's the last thing you said. And if we know last words are important, last words are important. When you're at your family's deathbed and they give you a last word, you hold it with all of your heart. And before he ascended from Calvary, he told you and I, he told you and I, he told you and I, it is finished. It is finished. Those three words should hold a special place in your heart. They should hold something of value that you say, God, it is finished. Would you pray right now for God to allow you to step out of the sin and the anger and the guilt and the unforgiveness and the bitterness and the shame and the doubt. Let him help you right now and equip you. Let him give you the measure of faith you need and let him whisper these words to your heart and to your life. It is is finished. There are prayer partners that are going to pray with you, but I encourage you right now to lift up your hands, lift up your heart, lift up your voice, because even in the presence of my enemies, thou preparest a table before me. Hallelujah. It is finished. It is finished, Jesus. Power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. 
Take a listen. I hear those chains falling. They're gone. set free Jesus I've been set free they came to the house of God today. Hallelujah. How many are glad they get to hear the word of God? Hallelujah. We serve an awesome God. We serve an awesome God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Mato, for the word of God today. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm so glad we serve a God who's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you can possibly think or ask. Amen. He's a God of deliverance. He's a God of second chances. Amen. And so if the enemy comes to you saying, it ain't so, just tell him he's a liar. Because it is so. Amen. And what does the church says? The church says, amen. Let it be. Amen. So be it. Praise the Lord. Amen. We want to remind everybody that we need our, we need help today in teardown. Um, we have quite a few people from this team that set up uh, yesterday that are absent, they're on vacation, so if you can please give us a hand, we would appreciate it very much, and if you're interested in joining a uh, set-up team, uh, see me right after service, I'll be glad to find a spot for you, amen, amen, one more time, let's just clap our hands unto the Lord, amen, let's worship him, hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus, we worship you, Jesus, amen, 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 what a wonderful day, what a wonderful day. I've been looking forward today all week, amen, to get into his presence, to hear from his word. Last week, Pastor Model preached an awesome message, and this week he did another one, amen. Amen. Thank God for, for, for the man of God. Thank God for apostolic pastors and preachers, amen. Amen. Let's just join together in prayer as we're dismissed. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy, God. We thank you for allowing us to be in your house of God. One more time, Jesus. God, we pray that you would bless today, God, and that your word will find a lodging place in our hearts, in our souls, God, and that you would be with us throughout the week, God. 
Be with us, God, and keep us by your mercy, God. Keep us by your grace, God. Let us walk in your presence, God. Let us feel your touch, Lord Jesus. God, and we thank you for what we've heard today, God. We thank you, God, for the joy of the Lord, which is our strength, God. In Jesus' name, we praise you and we thank you. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord.